You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Greedy with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Plenty of people complaining about Clayton Kershaw yesterday, but it was the right move. We get into it in moments. It is Chris Carlin. It is Chris Canty. In for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Mr. Canty, what up? I can't call it, man. You know what, Carlin? I heard about your water heater problem, and the only thing that I can imagine that would be worse than that, well, actually, I don't even have to imagine it. I witnessed it last night with that Hawks Hornets playing game. <laughs> That was absolutely atrocious. I feel bad for anybody that decided to sit down for two and a half hours and consume that. That was awful content. It did. They should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> it did resemble the inch and a half of water in my basement yesterday when the water heater exploded. Yeah, I would say that they are on the same par in terms of beauty. Throughout the course of the show, we've got so much to get to. The NBA, we've got so much on James Harden and just absurd comments from him. But we begin with a little bit of baseball. Here we go! Go, go. Only one place to start. I felt it was a win to get him built up to 5-75. and But when you're talking about uh, being up and down seven times, um, that's something. At the end of the day, those are are individual things. Those Those are selfish goals, and we're trying to win. A lot of people upset. Clayton Kershaw, perfect through seven innings yesterday in Minnesota, and Dave Roberts pulled him after just 80 pitches. Chris, absolutely no problem with it, and I have to say, I get why people want to see history, and I get why people want to say that baseball needs this in the absolute worst way. Look at Clayton Kershaw's history. Look at what the Dodgers are trying to do again. And look at Clayton Kershaw after he was pulled in that dugout. He put up a fight slightly, but after that, he was all smiles. He was fine with the decision. Well, Carlin, help me out here. I know a lot of folks are making the argument that baseball needed to see Clayton Kershaw pitch a perfect game, but, but does baseball really need it? Because the thing that we're talking about the day after, the thing that we're leading the show with is the fact that Dave Roberts decided to pull Clayton Kershaw. On any other day, that typically wouldn't be the case. So whether he pitched a perfect game or not, the fact that he was well on his way through seven innings and that we had a controversial decision actually has us talking about baseball at a time when we're gearing up for the NBA playoffs. So tell me where the loss is for Major League Baseball. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Here's Clayton Kershaw yesterday about being pulled out of the game. Yeah, it's hard. You know, I feel bad for uh, for Barnsey. You know, Barnsey did such a great job, and it's fun to get to catch one of those. And so I, I wanted to do it with Barnsey. You know, um, it'd be special. And but at the end of the day, those are those are individual things. Those are those are selfish goals, and we're trying to win. You know, and um, that's that's really all we're here for. And as much as I would have wanted to do it, I've, I've thrown 75 pitches in a sim game, you know, and I hadn't gone six innings, let alone seven. And um, sure, I would have loved to have do it, but, um, you know, maybe we get another chance. Who knows? There wasn't a discussion to be had about it. 
if you're sitting there and you're Clayton Kershaw and you're trying to take care of your catcher because it's a great opportunity for him, that is not the biggest argument that you could possibly have to make Austin Barnes happy. And Chris, here's the thing I think people forget. He talked about just throwing 75 pitches in a simulated game, and he basically said blame the lockout on this, or blame the lockout for this, because I would have been able to go more had I been more properly ready for a season. But there are, when people talk about pitch counts, and I've talked to several pitchers about this before, the numbers don't always tell the story. Sometimes there is an easy 120 pitches, and sometimes there is an absolutely brutally difficult 65 pitches. We don't know what the mental toll and the physical toll is each time a pitcher goes out there. And I trust Dave Roberts in that spot. I've seen too many pitchers, including Johan Santana, who was dominant at his, at his time in his career, throw a no-hitter, threw too many pitches, stayed out there, and his career was never the same. No, you're right about it. It's not all created equal in terms of the pitch count and what the outing looks like for the pitcher. But I will say this. I went back and watched highlights of the game. It looked like Clayton Kershaw was throwing free and easy the mm-hmm. entire game. So I, I don't know that the Twins lineup was putting up much resistance. The thing that I would say is that you have to trust the player in that instance. And if you listen to Dave Roberts give context to the situation, he talked to Clayton Kershaw after the sixth inning, and Kershaw let him know where he wanted to be at in terms of overall pitch count, and he let him go back out there for the seventh. So I don't think this is an instance where the manager is overstepping here. He's protecting the player from himself and thinking about the long-term goals of this team, which is competing for a championship. And if anybody is paying attention to the Dodgers' payroll, you know that that's exactly what this organization is all about, winning another World Series. So you got to miss me with the criticisms of Dave Roberts for taking out Clayton Kershaw. It was his first start of the season. It was 36 degrees at Target Field. Is that really the time to try to stretch your starter? I don't think so. One just brief turn to the old school guy who checks in on it, and that's Reggie Jackson. Tweeted this after he was pulled from the game. Clayton Kershaw, perfect game, 80 pitches. Take him out. What the blank? What's the game coming to? Of the One of the era's best, and you take him out with a perfect game in the seventh. Take him out. This is baseball. Please, people that have never played, get out of the way now. Well, Dave Roberts played, first of all. Dave Roberts was an integral part of the Red Sox coming back on the Yankees. And as far this was not analytics to me. This was about health. And, Chris, I hate it when we get into the old school stuff. We when we get into you can't bunt up eleven to two or down eleven to two or whatever it is when you're trying to get on. When we see teams come back from massive deficits all the time, old school doesn't matter anymore. The game has to evolve. And if I'm a Dodger fan, I want to see Clayton Kershaw all year, as opposed to him going out there and maybe throwing another thirty five pitches in two innings. Is that out of the realm of possibility? Absolutely not. No, I'm not doing it. I don't think it's worth the risk. And when you think about this team's prospects, it's going to be hard for them to get to where they want to go without Clayton Kershaw. And I mentioned the payroll, Carlin. The Dodgers are spending $285.5 million on player salary this year. The next closest, the New York Mets at 256. So by far, spending more money than any team in Major League Baseball. You understand what the mission is for this team. 
and Dave Roberts knows full well that he needs Clayton Kershaw to be a part of that. And this is a guy that's getting up there in years. You're talking about being in the twilight of his prime. You want to be able to take advantage of that. And to me, in order to do that, you're not going to push your guy beyond seven innings and 80 pitches in his first start of the season. It just doesn't make sense. From one ace to another, the Yankees have got a major problem on their hands with Garrett Cole. Uh, Let's just call it what it is, Chris. He has not been the same since the sticky stuff has started to be cracked down upon. And here's all you need to know. His ERA as a Yankee in 162 innings prior to last June 21st, when they started to examine and make sure that pitchers couldn't do this, was 2.54. Since, in 102 innings, it's 4.47. He has given up almost two runs a game more, and frankly, it feels like the Yankees were sold a bill of goods at this point, and we have been sitting here trying to evaluate this and say, well, He'll get used to the situation this offseason, and he'll figure out how to do it. He hasn't hasn't figured out how to do it yet. He hasn't figured out how to do it yet. And all the concerns were beyond Garrett Cole in the Yankee rotation. Now he's very much a big part of the problem. This is not ace material. No, it absolutely isn't. And that second home run that Vlad Jr. hit in the third (laughs) inning, that thing is still in orbit, dude. But the first one, he got the assist from Aaron Hicks. That that sure was good money that Brian Cashman went out and spent a couple of years ago on a contract extension. (laughs) But um, but I'll say this, man. Vlad Jr. is on a whole nother level. I I mean, he took Luizaga deep on a sinker. He took... He took Garrett Cole deep on the slider in the first inning. I I mean, this guy is just... it, It doesn't matter... Where you put the pitch, where you locate it, the guy is capable of taking a yard. Well, he's mean, like his father the, in that the, way. The, 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 <laughs> I, I, exactly. It doesn't yep. matter where, where the pitch is in the zone, or even if it's out of the zone, he's going to find a way to get to it. Like, the one in the third inning was impossible, Carlin. 98 miles an hour inside, and he turned on that sucker. And I'm talking about left center. I mean, the thing was gone. I, it, it, that, that – that, that baseball was hit so hard, and it's just so impressive to watch this dude. Now, as a Yankees fan, I hate it because he's in the division, and that's probably going to be the team that wins the division. But, yeah, to your point, I, I think we do have an issue with Garrett Cole. Maybe Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman want to sue Garrett Cole for material misrepresentation because the guy that we saw in Houston is not the guy that showed up in the Bronx. I mean, think about that for a second, though. Like, I can make the case you're, you're 100% right. Because it's it's not about injuries or anything like that. That's going to happen. That's just bad luck. This guy was a certain way before, and now that they have cracked down on what was already a rule, he is nowhere near the same pitcher. And look, you're coming from Houston. It's pretty clear the Astros have got a good beat on how to cheat across the game. <laughs> they have shown it in many ways, and they have shown it here I, I, Garrett Cole was not nearly the pitcher that he should have been in Pittsburgh, and he went to Houston, and you can't touch him. And for the first year plus as a Yankee, he was terrific. But if I'm the Yankees, I absolutely am thinking, wait a second, I've got six more years of this, and this guy can't get anybody uh, out in big situations. I didn't pay $324 million for five and two third and three runs. No, you didn't, but that's what you got. And so it doesn't feel great. And if Garrett Cole is not anchoring your starting rotation, then where are the Yankees at? 
You're talking about Luis Severino coming back off of injury, Jamison Tyon, who outside of last year hasn't proven to be able to stay healthy. You like what you get from Nestor Cortez. Jordan Montgomery coming back from major injury a couple of years ago. Like, there are a lot of question marks throughout this rotation. So if Garrett Cole can't be the guy that you can rely on to take the ball every fifth day and shut down the opposing team's lineup, then, then what's going to happen with this Yankees team and them trying to compete for a chip? I, I, as a Yankees fan, I, I, I got a little bit of pause. I, I, I got a little bit of anxiety with this whole situation. I, I just I don't know if it's going to work out for the good guys in the Bronx the way that fans want it to work out. And then on top of that, you have the layer of the Aaron Judge contract still looming. Is he going to return to the Bronx, or is he going to be a free agent and decide to leave after this season is over with? The contract that you talked about with Garrett Cole and then the contract with Giancarlo Stanton, who I think you're on the hook for for five more seasons, and then on top of that, DJ LeMay, who you, you've already got a lot of guys that you've committed big money to. Are the Steinbrenners going to be willing to open up the pocketbook? Are they going to you know open up the purse strings and give Aaron Judge a market value deal? It is Gary not- Cole might be one of the reasons why you can't re-sign Aaron Judge. And at this point, based on the production that we've seen, it just doesn't seem like that was the right decision. It, it's not about how much they have spent. As everybody that's upset with the Yankees being, quote, cheap, it's about how they have spent it. And that's why they find themselves in this position. We are just getting rolling on Greeny today. It is Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, we turn our attention to some football. And one of the most controversial figures of the offseason has spoken again. And once again, his foot is in his mouth. We will get more perspective on it from one of our NFL insiders. And I know Rossini joins us in just moments. Carlin and Canty in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up? How are you? What's going on? Oh, my goodness. Hello, spring in New York. It is gorgeous here today. Thank God. Uh, 
Let's just start by hearing from Baker, from what he had to say yesterday on this podcast and some of the just absurdity of it. I feel disrespected, 100%, mm-hmm. because I was told one thing and they completely did another. When I wasn't performing on the field, that's when it really started going downhill. Then when it started hindering my play, and that's when I started losing my own self-confidence and just losing myself. This past year was rough. I would love to show up to somebody's cubicle and just boo the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. And, see, and watch, watch them crumble. That is from the You Never Know podcast. And in fact, I do know. I, I do know that he does not in any way seem to show any sign of maturing and does not in any way seem to understand the relationship between fans and highly paid athletes. Your take on Baker Mayfield right now. Oh, so much to unpack. All right. I actually want to start backwards. The last thing he said about going up to people's cubicles and booing them. Look, it's, it's actually funny when you think about that idea of it doing. My dad's a plumber and the idea of, you know, his customers going up to him to just be like, boo, see you later after a, a bad toilet install would be fantastic um, and funny. But I think that really shed a light into what he deals with in terms of the pressure and how it does get to him. And he is a human being. And and I I actually understood that. Uh, But at the same time, we always say the same thing, which is the quarterback is the CEO. And there is no CEO from a successful company that just openly shares his emotions, good, bad, indifferent. The best CEOs, the best leaders from, from what I gather seem to be the ones that can find an outlet themselves to deal with that and deal with the struggles. You know, I think it's hard because obviously there was a gigantic miscommunication with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. He obviously feels lied to, right? And and we, I think he knows, the league knows, we all know here listening, that Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback. But I think when you go back and you look at some of the struggles that Baker dealt with in terms of injuries and, and really what he battled through – I'm sure the team was telling him one thing and maybe use that against him as it came closer here to landing Watson saying, you know, you didn't actually perform, even though maybe when he was injured, they said, we're fine with this. It happens all the time in the league where where GMs, coaches, even owners I've heard before tell somebody one thing and then they go back on it for something better. And and And, and frankly, my thought on all this – I empathize, but at the same time, it's life. It's life. If you don't perform, you're going to be replaced. And, Diana, that's the thing that I wanted to ask you about because it is so commonplace. I mean, teams don't tell the truth all the time. Water is wet. That is the way of the NFL. I don't understand what Baker is trying to accomplish by doing the podcast and saying some of the things that he said because – it feels like he's intentionally trying to torpedo his value. There, there, there's nothing else that I can take from that. What is, what is the actual value for Baker Mayfield now around the National Football League? Chris, what I hear in that podcast, or at least when I started to see those headlines yesterday, do you know what my first reaction was? It wasn't, oh, this is a clown or this is too emotional. It was holy panic. That's what this move sounds like to me. Okay. This is a panic move of I want to get out. I want to get my story told so so maybe GMs, head coaches around the league can hear that I was lied to, that, that it wasn't what perhaps was portrayed, um, whether that's some embarrassment, whatever it is from Baker's perspective. But you, you bring up the market for him at this point. I, I, some of it's bad timing for him. 
of where they're at, right, of where the rest of the league is at in terms of filling those positions. He mentioned Seattle, okay? So S- Seattle, from, from what I can gather and the conversations I've had, they don't want to pay that ni- almost $19 million of guaranteed money that would be owed to Baker Mayfield. They want to bring on a veteran, yes. They want to bring on somebody there um, along with Drew Locke, but they don't want to pick up that bill. And from what I can gather as well from the Cleveland side, they don't want to give on that bill, meaning they don't want to pick up any of it. So until a team is is willing to pay that, uh, right now I think Baker's going to be stuck either sitting out I guess you could call it unemployed in a sense. I mean, he'd still be getting paid for the Cleveland Browns. But I think he's in a really bad position, and, and, and he obviously felt that getting ahead of it by telling his story, at least he thought he was getting ahead of it by giving his side. And, Chris, all we're doing now I think is is dissecting it, and I think it's just hurting him. ESPN NFL insider Diana Rossini joining us, giving us the straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. It is Chris Carlin, Chris Canty in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. You're going to be with the Giants uh, for the NFL draft this year. They have two picks in the top 10. Yet, the excitement level doesn't seem to be off the charts. What is your read on the Giants right now? What are you reading that off me? Is well, that, is, I, did, I, did I bring some miserable Well, you told me here? off the air that's the case. <laughs> I did. I mean, look, I, I've covered the Giants before. I actually covered them the year they, they drafted Saquon Barkley. It was so exciting. Remember Dave Gettleman stood up there and said, Saquon Barkley was touched by the hands of God. <laughs> the quote that I will never, I don't think in my career I'll ever hear anything that strong about a player. And, and, and look, there was some truth there, right? Because I think Saquon is quite the talent. We'll see. Uh, how he progresses and, and, and if he remains a New York Giants in the future. Um, th- th- that said, look, we, we, we know the needs for the New York Giants. Offensive line needs to be um, definitely um, addressed. They have to improve, which, by the way, Chris, you can run that sound back. And I feel like we talk about this every year with this Giants team of I mean, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Yeah. And, and look, their, their commitment to Daniel Jones, and they've really – stuck with that from you know they, they obviously have a, a team message within the organization of he is our guy um you know i'm interested to see what they're going to do to make sure their guy uh is successful this year you know just following up on that real quick it makes me wonder if they might w- want to do something similar to what howie roseman and the eagles did is that you have two of those high first round picks if somebody else is interested in one maybe you trade for one next year when the quarterback class is a little bit stronger. Yeah. And the other part about that whole Philly trade that was really, that's interesting to think about as well was, you know, when you're paying guys in the first, when you have to pay a guy that's drafted in the first round, that's four years of guaranteed money there. That, that's a lot. And, and, you know, they could save money by, by moving it off to next year. Uh, but yeah, no, Harry Roseman, I think I still look back at that trade as being a really smart move for the Eagles. And, and yeah, you have to wonder if the Giants are already working hard to see if someone would be willing to move uh, up to trade out with them so, so they could potentially just keep building those picks. Talking with ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini on Greeny. And, Diana, we saw Derek Carr get the bag yesterday. The Raiders gave him a three-year contract extension with $24 million guaranteed at signing. What did you make of the deal? And where does that move the Raiders' expectations going into 2022? So, Chris, initially the number just felt great in terms of the quarterback market for Derek Carr of like, all right, they're paying this, but you know, just breaking it down a little bit more. It's really just a bump in salary for next year. And, and it, it gives the Vegas Raiders some wiggle room 
to get out. So to me, it really reads and feels like a kind of one-year perform, let's see where we're at situation. Obviously, we know Josh McDaniels is now taking over there. And, and from everything I can gather, too, just having conversations with people associated with the Raiders, it's just, you know, they're, they're, they are in on Derek. They are. They, they, they believe that he can do what Josh wants to run and what he wants to do, and they have the pieces around him. You know, it's just this defense is is the is the part of this team that needs to get better and improve to help. Um, but you know, I think Derek Carr has has all the characteristics of, of of a winner, of a leader. It just in terms of the contract, it didn't blow me away. Of oh my goodness, the Raiders are all in on Derek Carr for the next three years. This is let's see what you got, kid. Uh, you happen to mention a few minutes ago your father's a plumber. Yes. I got a little bit of an issue. What you got? <laughs> uh, water heater yesterday just absolutely blew up. There is water everywhere in our basement. And it's in the carpet. It's, I mean, the vac's not going to do it. Like, I am just facing the ultimate disaster right now. But, Chris, I think you can relate to this. When people who are specialists in their field, such as plumbers, such as electricians, they come and they start explaining it to you, they see me from a mile away. Yep. They, they know this guy's got no shot of, enjo- of understanding one word that I'm saying, and I can actually see dollar signs in their face, no, no, in their no. eyes. Ex- well, yes, they do. They said this guy has a new show on ESPN Radio <laughs> with Chris Canty. He definitely got some dollar bills. Uh, yeah, they, they, they speak another language on purpose. They know the average guy doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, for example, my wonderful husband is absolutely clueless, who's also the son of a plumber, by the way. Both, so my father and father-in-law are both plumbers. So mm-hmm. technically, I really have two options for you. Uh, in terms of someone coming to your house to help. I haven't offered that yet. Because we call my father the turtle. He's the slowest human being when it comes to work. <laughs> His work is fantastic. But if you have an issue in your house, this thing is going to take six months. And it's not because he's trying to charge you the, the hourly rate that he charges. He's just a slow person at this point in his life. And he doesn't care what you think about it. He's at that age, right? Like, yeah. I'm going to do what I want to do. If you want this fixed, this is the pace I'm at. My sister had the same issue that you did uh, about three months ago. That yeah. thing just got fixed. So you don't really want to hire him. No, it's not even that. How do I know if I'm getting hosed or not? That's all I want to know. You're getting hosed. Just be okay with it. It's just like the real estate market right now. You're going to pay it an outrageous amount for a house and it's going to you know, be a little shack and you just got to be all right with it. Just deal with it. Okay, that's fair. You know what? I'm from Jersey, like Baker. I should know how to deal with it. I, I just hope your dog has a little bit more energy than his dog. Uh, not much. <laughs> not a whole lot. <laughs> Appreciate it, Diana. Awesome Thanks, stuff as usual. Congrats, that... too, on the show, guys. I'm so excited for both of you. Thank you. Thank we you, are fired Diana. up. It begins on April 25th. Chris and I will be doing afternoons on ESPN Radio, Canty and Carlin, and on ESPN Plus as well, 3 to 7 p.m. every day. That's ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini uh, giving us the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. I got to hear more from Baker from yesterday because there are a couple of more aspects of this that are bothersome. Here he is in a much longer clip on the, uh, what is the name of the podcast again, Nuno? The You Never Know podcast, is that correct? The You Never Know podcast. Yeah, the respect thing is like, it, it's all it's all going to be like a personal opinion. Yeah, like, and I don't, I, no, I, I feel disrespected, 100%, mm-hmm. because I was told one thing and they completed another. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. And you know what? Okay, I got I got my taste of it because I've had 
four different head coaches in four years, a bunch of different coordinators. I've had talk about the highs. They always come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always come back. <laughs> always come yeah. back. But like, I mean, I had great times my rookie year. Like, I didn't, I didn't start in the beginning. I came in and got to have fun the back half of the year. Twenty nineteen sucked. Twenty twenty was great. Made the playoffs. Twenty twenty one was miserable. It's like, yeah. I'm just looking for stabilization right now. And it looks like you're looking for a lot more excuses right now. And, and Chris, this is, I, I want so badly for this guy to learn how to mature a little bit, but. If this is supposed to be the interview that tells his side of the story to all the other teams that are looking at him, guess what? People get lied to in business, not just the NFL, every single day. And I don't know how we don't understand that at this point. And it's pretty nice to know, all right, you're getting lied to, but you're also going to get $19 million this year. Well, Carl, and I hate to crush a guy on his birthday. Happy birthday, Baker Mayfield. Oh, it's Baker's birthday. It's his birthday. I got to ask you this question. When have we seen an athlete have an emotional upchuck like this in a public forum and it actually work out the way that they want it to? It just does not. It, it never does, not. does. And to Diana's point, a quarterback is a CEO. By nature, it's a leadership position. Do you want somebody as volatile as Baker, somebody that seemingly doesn't want to be accountable for their lack of production and find every reason, every excuse to blame somebody else for their faults or their shortcomings. Let me ask I, you. I don't I don't understand it. And and so if your if your goal, if your baker was to get your side of the story out in order to shape the perception of who you are as a person and as a quarterback, I, I don't know that this is mission accomplished. As a matter of fact, I think I can make the case, Carlin, that this is probably gonna hurt you. Because if I'm an NFL decision maker, if I'm a GM, if I'm a coach and I'm looking at that interview, do you think I want to bring that guy into my locker room? Do I want to bring that guy into my organization? I just don't think it's worth it, especially with what we've seen recently from Baker. I know people want to blame it on the shoulder injury, but but there were some things that we saw in terms of him being critical of the organization, things that, that need to be fixed in-house, I think is the term that he used, the public rift with OBJ and then seeing Beckham go get along with Matt Stafford and those guys win a Super Bowl. There have been too many... The locker room in Cleveland being split when the organization divorced OBJ. That speaks volumes about Baker Mayfield and his leadership. And I don't want to bring in a guy, whether he's my starter or my backup, that has the potential to be that divisive to the program that I'm trying to build. Well, I'll take it a step further, too. I mean, divisiveness, yes. But let's just say that the Seahawks are, in fact, the best place for him to land. If you're DK Metcalf, if you're Tyler Lockett, are are you excited about having Baker Mayfield be your guy when you hear words like that? When you hear him lay out all of the excuses as to what went wrong. Guys play hurt in the league every day, and we certainly knew about it all along with Baker playing hurt. Okay, it happens. Chris, please speak to it better than me because I just don't understand the lack of Baker's awareness, his self-awareness about how he's perceived. Well, here's the thing, Carlin. If you're healthy enough to be out there, then you're going to be evaluated based on what you do. And that's what it is. The other reality for the Cleveland Browns last year, Case Keenum started two games. Case Keenum won two games. If you're not healthy enough to go out there and produce – then step aside and let our very capable backup quarterback, you know the guy that actually won playoff games in Minnesota, let that guy step in 
and see if he can do the job. Let, let's go that route. Give yeah. our team a chance. But no, it was about Baker trying to prove to himself, to the organization, and the rest of the world that he was a quarterback that was capable of making 40-plus million on average annual value in a contract extension. How'd that work out for him? Now he's going to be fighting for his career mortality when it comes to being a starter in the NFL. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Still to come, James Harden and the pressure that is on him. Well, at least everybody seems to think so, but one Pretty important person doesn't think there is any pressure on him. And an accidental bump that led to $10 million. What are we talking about? Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Chris, this is a bizarre story that comes from the Sacramento Bee, and it involves a woman out in California who won $10 million in the lottery by accident. Her name is LaQuedra Edwards, and she checked, she bought a bunch of scratcher tickets. She had $40 worth, uh, $40 to spend on cheaper scratch lottery tickets. She is at Vaughn's, the supermarket that is uh, on the West Coast. Okay. She is at the machine where you buy the lottery tickets. And out of nowhere, this man comes along and accidentally bumps her, doesn't say anything, and keeps walking. In the meantime, she hits the button that buys the $30 ticket as opposed to the 10 or $5 ticket that she was going to buy. She scratched off the $30 ticket a little while later in her car and won $10 million. Hello. Hello. Oh that, is a, that is a beautiful thing. Sometimes it's, be, it's better to be lucky than good, Carlin, especially when you're on a golf course, but uh, uh, apparently when you're about to buy lotto tickets as well. So when I heard you initially say, accidentally won lotto what i mean if you're playing the lotto the intention is that you're going to win but 
she won more money than she thought she was actually playing for. Yeah. So that's, 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 I mean, that's the best kind of accident. Yeah, this is from Tarzana, California. But the guy that bumped into her just kept going, didn't even acknowledge, oh, sorry about that, just kept walking. And if I'm that guy today, what did I just do? If I just stuck around for a minute and apologized, maybe she feels bad enough to give me my appropriate cut because I bumped into her and she just won $10 million. I I have to say, like, if the guy was nice about it, I would feel a little responsibility there to maybe cut him in, no? No, no. <laughs> I, I don't know how you were raised, what world you're from, but ain't no way in hell that I'm giving up any part of that $10 million because the guy bumped me. You wouldn't I don't give care the guy how nice anything? He, I don't care how the nice he was you with the apology. Of the guy. You know, you, I'll tell you what. I'll return the favor. I'll buy him a $10 lotto ticket with the hopes that he can make some money. How well, about that? You know, you just heard the voice. Let's welcome in our CEO of Awkward Interactions, Bubba, uh, to really <laughs> offer some clarity here. Bubba, your take on this. How would you approach this if you were that woman in that instance? Well, it's... Well, if if what in, in what sense? If it was just happened as as is, or if if Both he stuck senses. around? If it happened as is, if he turned around, would you feel a responsibility to offer a cut thereafter when you figured out that you won? Probably something. Yeah, I mean, because I think if I knew in my head I was not gonna get, if I was just gonna buy a couple of you know five dollar ones, and all of a sudden because of him, I won. I got the ticket I didn't want, and then I won ten million. I would have given him something. I mean, you know, not like a million dollars, but because in, in that, no, nah, this is all cat, man. You guys aren't keeping. No, uh-huh. I, I, I can't buy into that. No I would There's no shot. I absolutely would have felt compelled to give him a million dollars. Oh, no, no way, no, Carl. Well, no way. Stop, stop. Give him a million dollars? Well, I'm not, I'm not going, going that far. Are you high? Absolutely. What's wrong with you? For bumping into me. I'm not going that far. And I bought I, the I, ticket by accident. At I, least I have to acknowledge that I bought the ticket by I, accident. I bought the ticket with my money, Carlin. She's the one that fed 40 bucks into the scratch-off machine. I not mean, the other guy. How in the hell is he aggressive. getting a percentage? Yeah, I'm giving wow. him 4500 for a new water heater. Other than that. There <laughs> you go. There you go. <laughs> Like you ain't getting a million, bro. Listen, all I can tell you is what we have learned here is I'm a compassionate individual, and you're all jerks. Yeah, hey, I'm, that's, pr- that's I'm willing to give them something, just not a million. I mean, Wait, what are you going to slide him? Ten bucks and an Arby's coupon? Uh, you know, there you talk. go. Uh, no, ten bucks and some scratch offs. How about that? <laughs> Maybe one of those nice scratch off baskets. I can do that too. Uh, listen, I I can sleep at night. I don't know how the rest of you could. Maybe very comfortably on a large pile of money. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.